And it all comes down to this. Two on, two out. Bottom of the ninth, the Farmers lead by one. Full count. Here comes the play at the plate, and it's the Agview pitch. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Agview Pitch, and we are following up here from our conversation on the ARC and PLC discussion now with more specifics on the crop insurance decisions that we all get to make. And again, we've got Steve Johnson, retired Iowa State University. How's it going? It's going great. And again, I, I think the topic is, is very timely as we go through the uh, alphabet soup, move beyond <laughs> ARC PLC. Let's focus on all these exciting things like SEO and ECO and crop insurance. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's just it. I, you know, you, you sent me uh, some slides that we will be sending these slides off uh, to all of you that we email to you. Um, if you would like an email of these slides, um, please let us know and, um, you know, send us a message or an email back that you, if you didn't get the slides and you want them, uh, to go along with this podcast, let us know. Um, Steve, you did a really good job of putting some um, very distinct slides together that, that really paint the perfect picture, in my opinion, looking at this, of the 2021 crop insurance decisions. Um, why don't you go ahead and just kind of start talking about some of the, the basic things that maybe we already know that we've had some experience with on the farm buying these insurance products, but then there, there's a couple of new ones here, too, to have you talk about. Sure. Yeah, crop insurance. Uh, multi-parallel crop insurance hasn't really changed. Uh, it's evolved over the last 21 years now. But most farmers take revenue protection because it is a farm-based product. And, and it's revenue. It takes yield, your farm's yield, your APH yield, your usually 10-year simple average times a projected price, and that's determined in the month of February. So we're going to stay with revenue protection, but then you need to make a decision what level of coverage 65, 70, 75, 80, 85%. You can't go over 85% level of coverage. So understand the basics. Uh, and then make sure you uh, realize that the government is subsidizing these products. The government's probably paying somewhere around 60 to 70% of your premium uh, until you get to higher levels of coverage. And, and so there's that interaction of that unit coverage are you in basic or enterprise or optional units? That is really important. So if you're going to make any changes for 21, you want to be talking to your crop insurance agent. And then you can buy supplemental products like hail and wind and green sap. You can buy up the coverage level. You can uh, look at different ways of increasing the projected price, February simple average that determines your premium. But the likelihood is, is these supplementals vary by approved insurance provider. There's 15 of them. And so not all crop insurance supplementals are the same, but those decisions are required by March 15th. So Chris, nothing, I mean, we just haven't seen a lot of changes. You just need to have the basics. I like the, um, the diagram, you know, and a couple of the new things, the, <clears throat> the quality loss option, the uh, QLO, um, do you any idea on like cost on that additional? It's a uh, quality loss option is brand new for 21, never existed before. So this was developed by RMA and it's targeting those of you that might've had quality losses in the last five years. Let's say you planted late in 19 and the crop matured late 
and you harvested the crop and you found out there's all sorts of like test weights. You had to have quality adjustments. Make sure your agent checks that box. There is no charge for the quality loss option unless you have to use it. And it's very minimal. So if you do nothing different in 21, check QLO. Always check TA. Those are just uh, no-brainers. Because you're not paying much for TA. That was developed at the University of Illinois, Dr. Bruce Sherrick, in 2012. And that's been a, a no-brainer because mm-hmm. we use trend-adjusted yields. Everybody gets a higher yield and, than, than what your APH is. So there are very few changes except the premiums are going up. But remember why the premiums are going up? Because the spring projected prices determined in the month of February, the simple average of December corn and November soybeans are going to be a lot higher. So we're going to see higher premiums but higher revenue guarantees. So don't get sticker shock when you price crop insurance. If you stay with the same product, the same unit structure, the same supplementals, you're going to pay more for crop insurance in 2021 but for the right reason because the prices are a lot higher. Yeah, I was just doing the math here. You know, it, uh, if you've got four dollar or excuse me 440 corn and take that times a 200 bushel APH you got 880 dollars of coverage that's probably significantly you know higher than than last year obviously uh you know there's that's that's where the premium's coming from right I mean it's just higher well you higher still got to take it times the level of coverage so where are you going you're going to well times 85 percent okay yeah I mean if you are at 85 percent all right, that's the maximum level that you can be at for multi-parallel coverage. I question, I don't know whether farmers are going to say, well, I'm going to stay at 85% or they say, you know, that, that premium went up and, you know, maybe I can go to 80%, but now here's another decision. Can, how can I cheapen up this crop insurance? Well, you could buy an 80% RP and you could buy a supplemental coverage option that's that SDO product and you could buy that up to 86 so there's that six percent I call it cream in your coffee but when you buy that six percent SDO uh, it's subsidized at the 65 percent level so I think you're going to be surprised that uh, you want to start pricing crop insurance on a little different way not just assuming uh, whatever I did last year that's fine or you run out of time I think you want to probably price SEO, but remember there's a linkage. You've got to make sure that you elected and enrolled in PLC on that crop by FSA farm numbers if you're going to buy SEO. Again, your FSA office doesn't care. This is between you and your crop insurance agent. And when you file your acreage report next summer, you probably have a little box there that you need to check. If you did take uh the SEO product because it'll get tied back to uh, this idea of PLC. So again, SEO is a good product to price this year. Spend an extra 20 minutes with your agent and just make sure you understand how the product works. But I think SEO and then trying to combine this idea of revenue protection at reasonable levels, you decide. Gotcha. Yeah. The other thing too that, you know, When I look at this with our clients and get your perspective on this on the insurance side of things, but um, 
I, I always tell our clients when we look at value on all of our things that we can buy for our business that keeps us in business, either enhances yield, protects yield, or protects revenue in this case, um, it's a pretty high value. A lot of times we see, you know, we look at our line, line item costs in terms of a percentage and what our cost is on a per bushel basis. And so when we look at this in a lot of situations, you know, um, you, you might be talking 14, 15 cents a bushel for your coverage. You know, I like to look at, you know, instead of what I'm writing the check for, for the insurance, what is it as a percent of cost? What is it on, as a cost per bushel? And how's that compared to last year? It might only be two, three cents a bushel more, and you're getting a lot higher level of coverage. And in some cases, you're almost protecting all your risk. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? That's exactly where I'm at. I think revenue protection crop insurance is probably your, your cheapest risk management tool. And you say, how can you say that? I'm writing a check in October because the government is subsidizing such a large percent of that. You tell me what other insurance product you're buying in 21 that the government says, you know, I, I got this. You know, I'll, I'll pay 50 or 60 or 70 percent of your premium. I think that is an important decision, and that's why I think the good risk managers recognize that they don't want to cut to bare bones crop revenue protection because they see that subsidy. That is where the government money is coming from in 21. It's not an MFP, not a CFAP 1 or a CFAP 2. It's the fact that the government is continuing to subsidize your multi-parallel crop insurance decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it's just one of those things that it's totally, you know, it's, th- there's not any other industry out there that gives you that opportunity, you know, to protect that level of risk. It's, it's, you know, a lot of times I'm looking at it right now on an average with our clients at where we're guesstimating, and I don't have as many data points in there as I'd like, but it's showing 3.8% of the total cost of production to protect 85% of the risk. I mean, it's a... Yeah. This fertilizer or seed or crop protection... Mm-hmm. Fuel, none of those, none of those are guaranteed revenue, but revenue protection crop insurance is, that's and, and that's why I think it's been so, yeah, that, that's why it's so popular. And then leverage the ability to pre-harvest market because I'm guaranteed the higher of the February simple average price, that, that projected uh, spring price, or if the harvest price is higher like it was last year, like it was in 12, I get an adjustment, I get a higher revenue guarantee. So again, if you ever take revenue protection away from farmers, we're going to have a, a farmer protest. Uh, mm. They will revolt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact is, is that you've got a tool, year number 21, let's make sure you understand how RP works and then ask the tough questions, especially around unit coverage and, and around this idea of supplementals and check the box for TA and check the box for QLO. Try to simplify crop insurance and don't back those decisions into March because there's going to be a problem with these crop insurance agents that are thinking all these farmers are going to want those quotes at the same time. And Chris, we're probably not going to see the actual premiums for the 21 product until we get into the latter part of the week of March 1st. So think about that. Mm-hmm. You're going to have about two weeks, and you're probably not going to know the exact premium, but this is when you want to work with your agents. They would love to have questions in early February 
rather than in early March. Well, and by the 15th of March, you have a pretty good idea what that price level is going to be. It's not going to change a huge amount during that discovery period after you get about 50% of the way through the month either. But um, no, or, or go to go to Farm Doc. You've got a Farm right. Doc tool. Exactly. Go to the University of Illinois Farm Doc, and they've got a crop insurance premium calculator, and run this analysis. You know, not only RP at various levels of coverage and optional versus enterprise units, but take a look at pricing SEO. It'll interact with the SEO. And by the way, we haven't talked about that other new product. Yeah. I, ECO enhanced coverage option yep. is brand new for 21. That's I wanted to get to that too because I, I've seen some quotes on that and ECO that enhanced coverage option is um, from what I've seen is a fairly expensive add-on. Um, however, you know I, I've ha- I have this um, conversation with a couple of uh, insurance agents I know that you know you you really question you know can you justify spending that extra money there, does it make more sense to maybe if you're going to spend those extra dollars, do you look at optional units instead of enterprise units or are there ways to spend that money? And I'm getting to a question here in a second for you, but um, you know, how do you allocate these dollars? Because, you know, I can show you operations that have, you know, a real low amount of either working capital or their rents and their cost of production significantly higher than say the average and so their risk tolerance level isn't quite as good as maybe the average and um, so they have to look at some of these enhanced coverage options as, as as a way to manage risk that they just can't tolerate otherwise so you know I guess my question is is you know what's your thought on the ECO dollars of investment versus maybe looking at optional or spending those monies in a, those dollars in a different bucket I think you always start with revenue protection because it's using farm level coverage and that is critical. The fact is, is that you want to ensure your yields on your farm, your actual production history, always start there and then understand there's this interaction of optional versus enterprise units with mm-hmm. different subsidy levels. So if you move to enterprise units, again, those have been available since 2009 crop, the government subsidizing a higher percent or you're taking more risk. So I want to make sure I'm very focused on RP and the level of coverage and what that premium is. Then I'm going to take a step back and my step back is going to focus on my risk tolerance and what am I willing to accept as a deductible. If 80% RP is good enough, great, is recognize that. I'm willing to take that risk of 20% of a deductible. But if you don't have the same risk tolerance, then you've got to take a look at SEO first because SEO can provide that county-based revenue guarantee, county yield, but it is that gap between that 75 to 86% or, or the 80% to the 86%. I think SEO is going to be a cheaper way to add on more coverage, but you're reducing your farm level coverage ECO is a shallow risk product. Mm-hmm. Right. It, 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 here's the best way to explain ECO. Um, let's say you've got $5,000 deductible um, on your pickup truck. And you say, you know, I, I, I'm, I really think I'm going to wreck this thing. I'm going to go to $500. Well, you're going to pay a lot more to have a shallow risk product like $500. What ECO does, it has two triggers called a 90% trigger or a 95% trigger, 
It's using county-based revenue, but it is triggering loss if you fall below 95% to the 86% level. So again, two triggers, 90 and 95, but you're picking, picking up that top-end coverage and it picks up at 86%. So you're either either providing 4% coverage, 86 to 90, using a 90% trigger, or you're providing a 9% coverage. So at least have the discussion of ECO, but do that now. Do that now. ECO is going to seem pretty expensive, but like I say, it's covering that very top end that you are concerned about, risk tolerance, and what you're willing to accept as the deductible should be driving that interest that you got in both the SEO as well as the ECO product. Trying to think how to ask this question, but one of the the uh, concerns on the ECO with that being a county-based protection, let's say that the county situation is different than your individual farm situation to where you know the county yield is actually really good and you just happen to be in that little pocket that doesn't catch the rain is there is there like a little area you could get into to where the eco you've paid for it but you're in a bad spot to have an advantage from it remember the answer to my last question the answer was start with revenue protection exactly start with your farm level (laughs) coverage if your farm yields are highly correlated with the county then i think seo and eco probably fits if your farm rarely tracks with the county, be careful about using SCO okay. or ECO. And there's the importance. There's revenue yep. protection. How about a hail? If I'm an enterprise unit, I better buy hail. You know, we found out the hard way across uh, Iowa this year. Is, boy, it would have been a great year to have uh, wind and green snap with that derecho that hit. So make sure you're asking the really tough questions around revenue protection and the supplementals and then pricing at various levels of coverage, uh, understanding optional versus enterprise before you jump to SEO and ECO to try to save money. Well, that's, that's really good. And, and again, I, I uh, recommend people to let us know if you want to see, you know, you, um, you did a phenomenal job of putting this slide together that, you know, kind of shows the pie chart and, and looking at these supplementals and where a person is going to get the best value, just like you said, you start at that uh, the, that RP inside that circle, and you look at the supplementals that are there between the hail, the the green snap, and and that type of thing. And and you know, if you're going to spend the extra dollars in, in some of these farm operations we work with, it might make more sense to look at the optional units. I mean, you brought up the derecho. I mean, there was situations last year where you know you're you're two farms away and the difference of damage was pretty significant from one farm to the next and so it yeah you're getting... remember that discussion we had on mechanically unharvestable we had that in, in right. august and that was like whoa wait a second i gotta understand well those are all built in for revenue protection right so just recognize that my crop insurance agent and the knowledge my crop insurance agent has is critical, probably more important now than ever. And I've got to be able to ask those tough questions early so I don't bury them in late February and March because that's when my neighbors are going to be contacting the crop insurance agent. Let's get our heads around crop insurance. Let's knock out ARC PLC in the next two weeks, and then let's be really focused on crop insurance. Those decisions, uh, this interaction that we get, whether that be with optional enterprise units, 
or whether I should be pricing SEO, reseo, and pre-harvest marketing. I'm not backing away from that. We're at the highest bull crop futures price levels in almost seven years. And again, we put a lot of risk premium in new crops, and I think we're going to more planted acres and La Nina's fading, fading fast, according to Eric Snodgrass with nutrients. Gotcha. So is there anything else that I didn't hit on that you think is important or any questions I didn't ask that, that are important for the listeners to, to be thinking about specifically? I just want to encourage those on the podcast to build their knowledge about crop insurance. I think some of the better marketers that I've worked with over the last 20 years are the ones that pretty much understood crop insurance 20 years ago. When we got the Crop Insurance Act of 2001, they spent a lot of time understanding this. Chris, my concern is we've got a lot of people out there that 21 years later still don't totally understand crop insurance and that all of these products and these interactions, and we're very dependent upon our crop insurance agents. So again, uh, asking those tough questions early, I think is going to pay off. And the likelihood is this is going to be an annual event, ARC PLC and crop insurance, March 15th deadlines in 21 and 22 and 23. We're only making annual decisions. So let's not procrastinate this year. Let's get our heads around this so that we can free up time for county FSA as well as our crop insurance agent to answer those questions of the people that just didn't get their heads around this in December, January, and early February. That's awesome. I think I think the takeaway here is uh, if you haven't done it, get your appointment at the FSA office and get your uh, appointment set up with the uh, uh, crop insurance agent and at least get a plan put together for what you think you're going to do. And then we'll kind of see what this price discovery thing does. You get to about the middle part of February, um, you could start pulling the trigger on some decisions probably the way it sounds. Yeah, maybe we can do a podcast around that. Of what do we think yep. that February average price is going to be? That's going to influence the premiums, yep. but it also influences the revenue guarantee. So, again, exactly. I think it's going to be a great year. We're setting ourselves up to create high revenue guarantees. I, I did the pencil work. Is, is your 200 bushel an acre APH at 80%? That's over $700 an acre revenue guarantee using revenue protection at the 80% level. So, I think we're setting ourselves up that we're going to be able to manage a lot more risk, and the risk is coming at us for the 21 crop. Yeah, that's a, it's a great safety blanket uh, going into this year for sure. And with where the commodity prices are at, it's a, it's a pretty bright outlook and we're excited to head into it. So thanks a lot. Um, this was a great conversation. I think I'll take you up on that. We'll, we'll hook up about mid-February, kind of see what's going on at the price discovery and, and dial a few things in a little closer. Does that sound right? That sounds good, and maybe get some new crop corn and beans sold above that discovery price because we know we're guaranteed at least that February simple average for December corn and November soybeans using revenue protection. You bet. Uh, it sounds like a great idea, and um, hopefully you're uh, enjoying this retirement. It sounds like you're working awful hard, and you're supposed to be retired, so maybe you can get some rest in the meantime too. Well, it's only two hours a day, so I think I can <laughs> handle this. I've got 12 webinars down, and I've got 12 more coming, and guess what, Chris? I'm going to be talking about crop insurance, dark PLC, and pre-harvest marketing. Awesome. Well, you've got it figured out pretty well, and your email will be on there um, when we send these slides out, so people can um, probably email you a few questions if they have anything in the meantime as well. Is that right? Yep. yep. Uh, and feel free to email me. Again, don't ask me what product to take, but ask me the tough questions about this interaction that we see with our PLC, crop insurance, 
and then the new products, SEO and ETO. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Steve. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. You bet. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Hopefully, this was of value to you. Again, Che will be sending out to those of you who we have your emails on, and we'll be sending you these slides so that you can take a look at these and maybe look at them while you're listening to the podcast or review them afterwards. And there, um, Steve did a great job putting those together. So again, thanks everybody for listening. We will catch you next time on the Ag View Pitch.